there were several different things that I did enjoy about middle school. Uh, I was a part of uh, the I was a part of the band at our school, and also the marching band, both concert and marching band. I, I loved that. I had a lot of friends in middle school, and I I loved getting to hang out with them while I was at school. I liked lunch. Um, I, there were there were several things that I liked about middle school. A few different classes I was okay with. Nothing that I really loved. Uh, in terms of classes. Uh, but there was one thing that I really did not enjoy. And that was P.E. Because my 7th and 8th grade years, 7th and 8th grade especially, um, God had a sense of humor uh, during my middle school years. Because he decided that I was going to be about uh, this tall and quite a bit wider than I am now. Um, I had a very awkward stage. Um, I've shown a lot of the teens um, some pictures. If you really want to know, I will show you. Um, I looked different than I do now. And, uh, and so PE was not, a, was not a great time for me. Um, also, when, uh, during my 7th and 8th grade years, um, I did not, I, I, there was like no muscle on my body. I was basically bone and fat, to be honest. Um, and so that's, that's how I was. That's, that's just the way that I was at that time. And, uh, and so anytime we had to do anything physical, I was not a big fan. Um, I didn't do super well. I was not the most coordinated. I'm still not the most coordinated, but I was way less coordinated at that time. And there was one point in time where, during our PE sessions, where we decided, or our, our teacher at that time decided that we were going to go to the weight room. And I hated going to the weight room. I hated it. And I hated it because... I slowly, or actually really rather quickly, learned that I was definitely one of the weakest people uh, in the 7th and 8th grade guys' P.E. class. Uh, there were a lot of times where, where we would go, and of course all of my friends, you know, we, we'd go over to uh, one of these different machines that were in there, and they'd all kind of go through it. And I would go to that, and I would put it on significantly less weight. And I'd be like, okay, I can do this now. And it was, it was kind of embarrassing for me. Um, but it got to where so many times I, I just I didn't want people to, to realize and to see how weak I really was. And I found, uh, I found this one leg machine kind of over in the corner. And that's, that just kind of became where I went. Um, so anytime that we went to the weight room, my friends would go off and they would start to go and do you know whatever they wanted to, and, and I would walk over to this one leg machine and I would continue to just do that same thing. Um, so I had I had some decent legs when I was in seventh and eighth grade, but but so much about me was was still it was still so weak. I went into this gym, I went into this this weight room 
knowing that, that I was so weak, knowing that there was so much about me that really needed uh, a little bit of, of strength added to it, and I chose not to use that. I chose not to, to take advantage of that time. Uh, and so because of that, I, I remained weak. For a long time, I, I stayed uh, in that same state of, of having no muscle to me and just being so weak. And that's how things were for, for quite a while because of the, the mentality that I put myself in. This morning, we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about the body. We're going to talk about this body. But I want to put a little bit of a different focus on this idea as, as we move forward. Uh, but for right now, I want to look at several different things. Uh, if you will, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are several things to this, this illustration or this concept, this idea within the Bible of the body, of what, of what the body is and what this means. So we're going to look at a couple different illustrations. The first, of course, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verses 12 through 20. Uh, I want to start off and read the first few verses and then kind of, uh, kind of talk about that for a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So here we see uh, this, this beginning of this analogy, of this idea. Uh, and you may be very familiar with this before, maybe not. But this idea that just like uh, there are these many different parts to our body, it's all one body. Just like I have two hands and two feet and two legs and two arms and a torso and full of all these different organs, it, it all is one body. And just like we have this one body physically, just like this, this, these different parts work together and become one body, when we are baptized, we become a part of the body of Christ. We become a part of the church. And we are one body. And so just like, uh, just like the body, we are to become one. I'm going to keep reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, getting down to verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less any part of the body. Uh, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. A lot of times when we look at, at this passage and we, and we understand this and we, we see that what it's saying is, of course, we can't look at the body of Christ. We can't look at the church and say, well, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. So I'm not a part of the body. And obviously, that's not the case. Obviously, we understand that, that each person has a role. 
But we often only look at this passage as, as a message of inclusion, uh, as a message of, uh, of saying to, to each person here that, that hey, you, you belong. You belong and, and you should be here and, and you are a part of that church. Uh, you are part of this church even, uh, even if you're not the eye or the foot or the hand or whatever it may be referring to. And that's true. But there's a little bit more to this passage that I want us to focus on. And that's that you have a job to do. We all have a job to do. And I want to look at that in just a few minutes. But before that, I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And Jonathan read this passage for us this morning in Ephesians chapter 4. And what we learn through this passage, we're about to read this, is that Christ is the head and we are the body. Christ is the head of the body. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 15, it says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Christ is the head of the body. And so, the body, much like in real life, does exactly what the head tells it to do. The body mimics the mind of the head. And if Christ is the head of the body, then we are to follow the minds, the brain, the, the ideas that Christ gives us and brings to us, and we are to act upon those things. We are to mimic the mind of Him as the body. And we learn two important things through this passage as well. We see that first off, the church must be one body. We've already kind of covered that idea already, but in the beginning of verse 16, it says, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Which shows us here that there is unity. There should be unity within the body, within the church. So we see this concept that the church must be one body. But we also understand that the church must, must be a functional body. The second half of, of this passage uh, in uh, verse 16 says, When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When each part is working properly which means that every part of this body must be functional. Every part of this body must be doing what it needs to to make this body work to the best of its ability. So, so far what we get from this passage and from these uh, different ideas from this illustration, obviously there are many parts and these parts have to work together and they have to form one body. And this body functions under the head, which is Christ. But I think there's a problem. I think that a lot of times 
people within the body decide that they are a certain part. They decide that they are going to be the appendix. And so they give themselves the title of the appendix. Now, just so you know, uh, the appendix is basically a part of the digestive system. Um, It is at the base of the uh, large intestine before moving into the small intestine. And when it comes to its function, uh, there is no 100% this is what it's for. Uh, The function of the appendix is not exactly known. And in fact, a lot of people, about 1 in 20 people uh, from what Google told me, uh, is that most, uh, 1 in 20 get their appendix removed. And uh, usually it is caused by appendicitis uh, or something else. Uh, but they'll get this removed and they're, they're perfectly okay. And they live perfectly healthy lives after that. So a lot of people... Some people at times, I believe, decide that when they are part of the body of the church, decide that they're going to be the appendix. And when you choose to to take the role of appendix, it allows you to say, I'm a part of the body. I'm I'm connected to the rest of it. Uh, I'm doing the job that, that I may need to do. But there's no function there. When we choose to be the appendix of the body, we're choosing to be in the body, but not aid the body in any way. We're choosing not to have any function at all within the body. We have no commitment to any role. So I want to go ahead and tell you right now that you are not the appendix of the church. I know that's a weird sentence to hear. But you are not the appendix of this body. Because we have to understand, and I want you to understand, that you have a purpose. Your purpose is not to come in on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings and sit down and listen and go. There is more to your purpose. God wants to use you in some way. I don't know exactly how He wants to do that, but He wants to use you. He wants to take your talents and your abilities and use you as part of His body. You have a role and you have a purpose. I think it's, uh, I can tell you this and you will definitely already understand this. When you stop using a muscle, it gets weaker. You already knew that. When you stop using a muscle, it gets weaker. If I were, and this is actually true, if I were to stop working out, um, actually I, I used to work out all the time and then when I moved to Jasper, um, I stopped and I've not been back to the gym since then. But that's okay. Um, but I, 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 there was a certain way that I, I went and did things uh, when I went and worked out. 
and uh, and then I came here, um, and uh, and I decided I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, I'll run, but I won't work out. And I'll be honest, my my strength is is not what it has been before. Um, my my muscles have grown have grown weaker. Um, I'm not back to where I was in seventh or eighth grade, thank goodness. But uh, but I am, uh, you know, I, I'm not where I have been because I haven't been using those muscles. I haven't been exercising those. I haven't been pushing them the way that I need to. And so because of that, they have grown weaker. And in the same way. If we, as a a part of the body, if we are not constantly in use, then the body can become weak. The body can grow weaker because we don't, uh, in a way, exercise it. We don't use those talents, those abilities, those things that make us the body. And so, through that, the body becomes weak. And when the body becomes weak, there are two ways that we can respond to this. We can choose this way. We can choose to ignore our weaknesses or our issues. We can choose to to look and to recognize that there's something wrong. We can choose to look at, at who we are in this body and recognize that maybe our role isn't really being played out the way that it needs to be. But we can ignore that. We can overlook that weakness in our life. We can overlook that issue. And we can continue to be a part of the church body, but not be a functioning member. Or, we can choose to to seek strength and to seek help from the rest of the body. And not just the rest of the body, but from the head as well. I want to look at a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you'll turn there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And here we see Paul writing to Corinth, the church in Corinth, and he's talking about his weakness. He's talking about the the things in life that he's realized make him weak. And beginning in in verse verse 9 of chapter 12, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest Upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul recognized that, that there was strength in his weaknesses because God was able to take those weaknesses and make something out of it. God was able to take those things that were not going so well, the things that that he felt like were were dragging him down in life and brought them much higher than anything else in his life. And we can choose to ignore those weaknesses in our life or we can allow God to use those for his glory. 
We can choose to ignore them and we can choose to seek strength from the rest of the body and from the head who is Christ. I think that I think that we've been given this illustration in the Bible because we understand the importance of having a functional body. We understand how important it is that, that every part of us is working properly. And if one part isn't, then obviously we go and we seek help about that. Or let's think of it this way. Uh, let's say that uh, a younger kid is, is on his bike and he's, and he's going. And of course, you can even think about the body's working together and the legs are moving and, and, and he's looking and he's thinking and all these different things are happening. And, and he falls. He ends up scraping his knee really bad. Well, what happens when, when that child goes and he scrapes his knee? Well, what happens is the body reacts to it. The mouth cries out. The eyes water. The hands uh, rush to the knee to make sure that everything is okay. The legs remain still to keep the knee, keep the knee where it needs to be. The heart beats faster. The whole body reacts to this one thing. When this, this one part is in trouble, the body reacts to it. And the body makes sure that it doesn't do a single thing until it knows that the knee is okay. Do we function as a church in the same way? How weak is this body? I want you to think about that for a second. When we have a part of the body that needs help, do we rush to it? Do we make sure that nothing goes on until that part of the body is functional again? Are we keeping all of these parts of this one body in check? Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, if you'll turn there with me. In Romans chapter 12, we, we read a lot of very important things that we need to keep in mind. Beginning in verse 9 of Romans chapter 12, this is what we're told. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. There is always a need to strengthen this body. There will never be a point in time where 
we as a church, as a body, will be able to look at where we are and say, we've done it. We're, we are done. We've got it right. This is exactly where we need to be. Let's just take a break now. We are always going to be working to be the body that we need to be. And we're always going to need strength. We're always going to need love and acceptance and encouragement from the other parts of this body. Is there love and acceptance and encouragement given to all? Within this body, do you feel like every part is receiving what it needs to be strengthened? I want to take a second and talk about I want to talk about our teens. <clears throat> this past weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend before, uh, we went and attended the AIM conference in Montgomery. And we had eight teens in college that went forward. Eight of them that asked for help. Eight of them that want prayers and want strength. And that's what being a part of the church is about. It's a good part of it. Being able to understand that in weakness we can ask for strength. And understanding and expecting there to be love and acceptance and encouragement in return. All throughout this summer, these teens have continued to show me how dedicated they can be to this church. And so I have a few questions that I want to ask all of us this morning. First of all, what are you doing for the church? What is it that you are doing as a part of this body to make sure that you are loving and encouraging other people? To make sure that you are helping those who stumble, strengthening those who are weak, and pointing everyone in the direction of the head of the body. Next question, what are you doing for your home? Parents, what are you doing to encourage your children? Not just here when we're together, but when you're back in your home. Are you praying with them? Are you studying with them? Are you spending time in Scripture and with God, with them? And kids, teens, are you encouraging your parents? 
We all need help. Are you doing what you can to help them as well? What are you doing in your home? And most importantly, what are you doing for your God? Again, we have all been given a purpose. None of us are the appendix. None of us are able to be a part of the body and say, no, it's okay, we have this weird role that nobody really knows what it is. That doesn't exist. We all have a role. We all have a purpose. We all have a reason that we are here. Are you using those talents? Are you using those abilities? Are you doing what you need to for your God? In middle school, 7th and 8th grade, I'll be honest with you, I did not like going to that weight room and working out with those people because of judgment. Because I knew, I just knew in my mind that all these other guys were looking at me and they were saying, well, he is the weakest one of us here. And I didn't want to be known for that. So I hid that. So I didn't do what I needed to do. I didn't get stronger. I stayed weak because I was afraid of the judgment of other people. I couldn't get any stronger because I let judgment stop me. I let what I thought maybe the other people were thinking about me stop me. You see, we cannot let this fear stop us from pursuing strength. We can't let this idea that maybe there's judgment out there, maybe somebody's going to look down on me for my weakness. We can't let that stop us from pursuing the strength that we need in order to function the way we're supposed to. But also... We can't allow an environment of judgment to form. We have to understand that we have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. You have weaknesses. And if you need help with those, I'm going to do what I can to help you. And if I am weak, I want you to do what you can to help me. We have to always continue to encourage and to lift up And to then reciprocate that, maybe when we are weak or when someone else is weak. We have a job to do. And you have a purpose. The final thing I want to ask you, are you doing all that you can? Are you a fully functional part of this body? If not, there are problems within the body. And we've got to do all that we can to be a fully functional body for the head that is Christ. There will come a time when we will be face to face with our God. And we have to prove, 
We have to show that we have done everything that we can for Him. We are going to be looked at by our works, by the things that we have done, by the purpose He has given us, by the function that we have within the body. We have to show Him that all throughout our lives we've utilized that. We have done that. We've done everything that we could for His church. Maybe this morning you recognize that you are part of the body but you are not functioning. Or maybe you are functioning but you're just so weak right now. But I hope you understand that the invitation is here for you for your strength. And that this room is full of a body that loves you and that wants you to be so much stronger and that recognizes that Christ is the one that's capable of doing that for you. Or maybe you're here and you're not yet a part of the body and you want to make that decision to join the body, to be baptized, and to finally be able to do your part. If there's anything that we can do for you this morning, we invite you to do so now as we stand and as we sing. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are Jesus, great is
Thank you, Connor, for your lesson. I'm glad that wasn't on Jenny Craig or something. Uh, that was a really good lesson. Uh, nothing new.